The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Let's get to it. Welcome to Monday. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. As we are back from Champagne, there isn't enough alcohol in the world to wash out what happened Saturday. And uh, I know a lot of you Nebraska fans are still feeling it. Let's dive into it. Plenty of open phones today. If he did not get into Real Red Reaction, can join us. 466-3776-800-825-5865. Can hit us up and follow us on Twitter. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. And Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Big thanks to all of you that have uh, chimed in here over the last 48 hours. And also those of you that made the road trip to Champaign to watch Nebraska. A lot of, of questions and few answers other than some thoughts, some takes, some honest conversation that needs to happen. And let's, let's go into either high school or college for just a second. Did you ever have that that wild-eyed professor or high school teacher that said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do essay exams. You walk to the Union Bookstore or you go to Nebraska Bookstore back in the day when it was still alive, and you bought that stupid blue little 25-cent uh, little notebook, right? You put your name on it and... It had 10 to 12 to 15 lined lined sheets of paper in it, and you had to show the professor before you sat down to take a midterm or a final, specifically in history class, and just make sure you didn't fill it out ahead of time because that may have been prone to happen. But it was essay, right? Here's, here's seven questions. Pick three. Go. And you had a pretty decent idea. But you didn't know. So you had to plan for all of it. And if if you rolled the dice and got lucky with, with the three that you were locked in on, it worked out for you. If you rolled into the midterm in history 202 or 101 or whatever the hell it was, and, and you hadn't studied all of it or you guessed wrong, uh, it was time to retake history 101 or 202, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's just say that, that that may have happened to a friend or so. And, and that's what Saturday was. For whatever reason, the dreadful even front dismantled an offense, crippled an offense. And in year four, 
with the stakes and buildup and hype and pressure so high, half your game plan got thrown out. That's the, the, the monstrous takeaway I have and many of you have from today's press conference and Saturday's post game. Look, nobody's perfect. Uh, people get out coached all the time, but adjustments are expected and successful adjustments are expected. And the biggest problem you had Saturday was the guys making several zeros behind a big number on the offensive side of the ball didn't do their job, didn't prep their kids. And you've got a real problem. If I'm playing for somebody like that and I put trust in them, they're going to they're gonna do what they say and say what they do, and they're going to get me ready to go win a football game. That's gone. That's out the window. There is big time deer in the headlights. Uh, what do we do? The other part of this is when it comes from to developmental experience, you've got some guys on the line that have played a lot. You have some guys that have played a little. And collectively, as a group, as a core group, you haven't been through many battles. You've been through maybe a season or two. But where are you at in your maturation, your ability to do your job as an offensive line? Because you haven't seen or done it all. Not this group. Not their fault. They are what they are. They're, they're a younger offensive line. Or they're an offensive line that has a, a coach. And I like Greg Austin. But are they ready for, for what they faced? Either from a technique and game plan standpoint, and then the whole big picture of the offense. All we heard about was downhill run game, downhill run game. It's going to happen. Guilty. Hook, line, sinker. I was duped. Maybe it still can. Lots of season left. I'm not riding off the season, but I am selling my, uh, my penny stock in eight wins after today. Call me fair weather, whatever. Can't see this thing getting better this year. I mean, the coaching can't, staff, yeah, can't see this thing getting better this year. And yes, it's a major overreaction potentially on my end after one game, but you can't, with five weeks to prepare, not have a plan B. You can't. You can't have something that you do well enough to go at them and give them hell anyway if there's five, seven, 20, whatever the number is on the front. Shouldn't matter. You've seen 45, and Coach McBride will explain this to me, right? You know, I'm not Mr. X's and no football. But short of, you know, the Fridge and Dan Hampton and the 85 Bears rolling out there in that vaunted 4-6 defense or the Dallas Cowboys doomsday flex defense with, with the same personnel, mind you. Shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter what the pig farmer and his new coordinator from Missouri throw at you. Do what you do. Run the football. Give your quarterback time. Get open. Nebraska lost that football game Saturday because of their offense and special teams. We asked last week, would Saturday be different? I thought it would be different. Instead, you got the greatest bleeping hits. Punt return (laughs) horror show that turns into a safety. Two missed extra points. Defensively, 
you, you have a lot of mileage on you in that third quarter after playing your ass off in the first half. <laughs> and then mentally, you do everything right and you're still down because of the last five minutes. A, because of what you did defensively uh, with the, the late hit and then just for kicks, the, the taunting. So there's 30 yards and penalties on a third and seven that you pick off, mind you. And then yeah, for the trifecta here of the greatest hits, stupid penalty, stupid decision on special teams, uh, miscommunication a few times on offense, uh, lack of execution on extra points. Let's, uh, for the trifecta, get the strip sack, fumble recovery, touchdown to completely twist the knife and you go into halftime down instead of getting the football at worst at midfield up 9-2 to two with a chance to go score. It's just one thing after another that this team can't and won't get out of their way. Do they keep punching? They will Saturday. Do they keep punching against Buffalo? Sure. Maybe they head into Norman at 2-1 and one for, a, for an execution. And then there's Michigan State. But I think trust is, is the word of the day with how can you have it in good faith as an offensive player with this coaching staff? Because time and time again, you're, you're just lost. And the head man and his staff are, are punching uphill right now in this league. They, they just are. And I hope it turns around for Nebraska fans, but it just doesn't feel like it's going to. So the other thing that was talked about today at the press conference, I'll like to jump in here in a second. I'll shut up. But Coach Frost said it. Adrian Martinez said it. Stick with us. Because the, the, the next elephant is the sellout streak. And guess what? If you stay home, if you watch it on TV, if you go do something else, if you party down in the rail yard, you can do whatever you want to do on Saturday. And you had a, a lot of Saturdays last year where you couldn't physically go to figure out something else to do. Or, you know, by year two, at the end of year two, you'd seen enough and you're so disgusted with the football product, you were gradually checking out anyway. Last, uh, sa- this, sa- this past Saturday may have done it for you because it was supposed to be different. It was supposed to be better. It was supposed to be clean. Got out coached. You got out-schemed, you got out-executed, and uh, that isn't acceptable. Plenty of season left to fix it, but it's the same song, next verse. And if you don't show up and you're not going to drop 60 bucks or 80 bucks, hell, even if someone gives you a pair of seats, you might, you might be good, and I cannot blame you. Because it's, it's gotten to the point where the comedy of errors, the missteps, the excuses, the lack of execution... I, I get to go. I like going. I don't cheer. I get to observe and I get to do what I love as a job. But if you're a fan and you say peace out, totally get it. Totally get it at this point. That's how bad Saturday was. That's how bad Saturday was when you have five weeks to prepare. That's how bad Saturday was when it comes to putting your kids in position. In position to be good at what you're asking them to do. They've killed themselves in the weight room. They've killed themselves when it comes to making really mature life choices, and that's getting more sleep and eating healthier. 
Some of us are still working on that. And they're trying to go out there and crush it for their friends, for their teammates, for their family. Your job is to have an answer when it's a different test question. That's your job. That's why you're getting $5 million a year to do, and you're failing at it. Your turn. I, mean, I don't put this on the players at all. I mean, you look in the past couple of years, this Scott Frost team has developed guys that have made NFL rosters and have made contributions on NFL teams, but it's never felt like they lived up to their potential at Nebraska. Then you look at the game on Saturday. Uh, you said it's the greatest hits, and it's well, what gets me is it's new guys making the same mistakes as the old guys. What the hell's going on for, for two hours? Now, I'll say this. It's, it is a bit of a two-way street, but you're right. This is on the coaches. This isn't on the players. But at what point... Do you have to remind three, four-year guys, Caleb Tanner, Adrian Martinez, Cam Taylor-Britt, to take care of the football as a quarterback? Take care of the football as a punt returner. See that? That's the 10-yard line. Do not backtrack for it. You had a first down on third and two where the strip sack happened. You had three guys open. You held an account longer to try and do too much. You're down, you're impatient in a scoreless game. So let's field a punt and try and make something happen on special teams because the last punt was perfect and went out at the one-yard line. So your motive was right, trying to do what's best for the team, make, make something happen to help the team. But you ended up jabbing yourself in the eye. And then the, the taunting part. BS call on on the roughing, clean hit, the pile drive part, I guess, give them flags. But you just got to be better. You you made the hit and and back away and then don't taunt because it set them up for tying score. You're off the field. You're going to go up two scores going into halftime. How good would that feel? Nebraska gifted Illinois every single one of their points in the first half. Mm Mm-hmm. Every single point in the first half. And if they don't have those 16 points, Nebraska wins this game by a touchdown. And it's hard, Easy. To, say, it's hard to say it like that, but really, when you no. look at the talent on You're the right field, on. if Nebraska wasn't gifting points, Nebraska wins this game by a touchdown and they even cover the spread. But um, the, what, 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 like my final thought on this game is, is if Brett Bielema had Nebraska during fall camp and he was on Nebraska's sideline and he was coaching against Scott Frost on the Illinois sideline... Nebraska wins this game by what fourteen points, twenty one points. Nebraska got Four out touchdowns. Nebraska got out coached uh, by Illinois. Whenever you're one of the, the top earners in terms of donations, in terms of ticket sales in the Big Ten, it's unacceptable to be out coached to that level by a guy from Illinois. Illinois struggles to fi- uh, to fill their stadium most weeks. They didn't even have a sellout in their opening game for Brett Bielema. And you're telling me that that they have uh, the facilities to be able to to bring in a coach that can out coach Nebraska? There's a, long, there's a long line in, 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 in three years and one game of people that have outcoached what Nebraska has, period. No one's perfect at their job. People have bad days. I get it. I've seen 34 games now. And if, if he isn't going to get better, he's got to get people around him better. I think the defense, they're a bunch of grown-ups. I think the defensive side of the ball – Bunch of grown-ups. There's some fundamental execution things that you got to do as a player. And people are over this. They've moved on from Illinois. They've checked out on Nebraska football. 
it was, you know, we've said the final insult, but this was the first insult of potentially many this year. Let's hear from Scott Frost when it comes to the dreaded even front. I mean, it's, it's inexcusable. You know, okay, they can throw something at you defensively where you're you have a problem with or you're not ready. That that's that's fine, but you should have a bread and butter that you can hang and and go do against any defense and identity. Nebraska's still lacking that. We collaborate. The whole staff collaborates, and um, it was just an interesting game because about half of our game plan was kind of out the window uh, when they came up and lined up the way they did. So uh, we really had to, to scramble and uh, go to alternative plan and uh, try to adjust and did some good things, but not enough of them. Need new collaborators, man. Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, will join us. He'll have a Monday sermon coming up. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome. We'll hear from Adrian Martinez coming up. Uh, emails flooding in. We'll get there as you're frustrated. Open phones here in about 10 minutes. You want to chime in. And uh, the question here, you heard Nebraska say, are you, you know, stick with us. Well, are you? Are you going to stick with Nebraska here uh, looking at Fordham and beyond? We welcome in the pride of Fairbury. NBC Sports, uh, longtime Husker historian and uh, follower and friend of the program, Bill Dolman with us at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D., we love our Friday chats. I first met you when you were doing Sunday night sermons for the original Unsportsmanlike Conduct. And my friend, uh, you had a chance to, well, swear as loud as you want because Grandma couldn't hear it. Well, do you want me to go back to talking about clouds pleasuring themselves on cable access TV? Is that how far back you want to go? Would that be better than uh, what we saw on Saturday? It depends on if you're the clown, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we learned a valuable lesson on Saturday is that you cannot get caught looking ahead, especially when that game coming up is Fordham. Uh, and oh, I think no. that's pretty clear that that's what uh, <laughs> you got Fordham and you got Buffalo and yeah. you, you just cannot look past a team like Illinois. And I think that's what happened to Nebraska. That is that is so good. That is cool. that is so so good. That that is that is clown worthy right there. Bill. By the way, Trev Alberts was on that uh, on sports the original. I know uh, the OG on sports conduct show back in the late nineteen nineties. Uh, Trev was uh, was wearing a, a Novotny special and and, and checking uh, checking in on the show once a week. Absolutely. Yep. Yep, those those were those were good times. I'm I'm sure he's not having a good time right now. No, uh, but uh, look, it, it it was not good. There there's no question about it. And what that game reminded me of a little bit. And trust me, we've had unfortunately a lot of examples as to what that game can remind you of. Whereas when I was hosting the Osborne Show and going sixty and three, you know, you didn't have a lot to to pick and choose from, but. This game reminded me a lot of the Colorado game a couple of years ago in Boulder where you know, Nebraska comes out and just all kinds of uh, energy and excitement. I guess that one was at 2019 mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just jacked to high heaven and played well and aggressive and, 
you, you know, you got that sense like, oh, you know, you, you got to dial it back a little bit. You don't want to get called for a penalty. And sure enough, on like third down and 30, there's an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty or something. And the Colorado drive continues and they go down and, and they score. And there are certainly moments like that. Now, that penalty happened early in the Colorado game in 2019. But there were, there's just those those moments in games where a lack of detail, lack of discipline, lack of awareness comes back and costs you. And, you know, whether it's the, 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 the Caleb Tanner uh, tackling of the quarterback in tackle football and then another 15 yards tacked on to that, you got 30. And, and that, that remind, that's kind of what drew, drew me back to that Colorado game where you, you're playing so well, really, for the first quarter other than getting a safety on a punt return, which still mystifies me. Uh, but I thought they could overcome that. I, I, you know, my, in 19, what was it, 82 or 83, Mike Rogier took an opening kickoff at Kansas State, ran it out two yards, went back into the own zone, and kneeled it down for a safety. And Nebraska had to come from behind to beat Kansas State that year. Well, Irving, so, Irving had, you know, K-State plus two in the first quarter, so he's just helping out his buddy. <laughs> So, you know, the, the, I'm thinking, okay, uh, w- w- how many teams get safeties called against you? You know, you, you give up a safety on a punt return. It just doesn't happen, happen. but it, it did, right? Um, you know, so there are things like that. But it, it, the, the Nebraska, I thought, played really hard, really well, and, and reasonably smart other than that play in the first quarter. And then it just, you know, there was something about Illinois was, was methodical. In the way, it just continued to play even after their quarterback got hurt. They just continued to do what it is that they wanted to do. No matter how they were lining up on defense or whatever the case might have been, they just had a mindset of marching forward, marching forward. And Nebraska seemed like it was in Adrian Martinez's scramble mode from the second quarter on. And you don't ever know if an Adrian Martinez scramble – is going to get you a 75-yard touchdown run or going to give up seven points on a fumble return for a touchdown. And there's a lot of side-to-side running. Illinois kept marching forward, marching forward, marching forward, and Nebraska was scrambling around. And eventually you find yourself trying to scramble from three touchdowns down. Uh, you know, there was one play in particular and I, I, I told you this last night, and it's, it's going to be kind of one where people are going, what are you, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I think it was in the third quarter, and Nebraska's got third down and three. And Adrian scrambles and comes up a half yard shy of the first down. Now, on that particular play, Nebraska gets called for holding, and it, that, that play would have been called back anyway. But nevertheless, you're scrambling, and you need to pick up three yards and somehow you come up a half yard shy. That, in a nutshell, and then you have the penalty to it, but not being able to have the field awareness, the, the moxie, the fight, the drive to get that extra half yard and know where you got to go to get the first down, to me that was the most, one of the most troubling plays in a game that had a safety on a punt return, a fumble that goes the other way for a touchdown, a 30-yard penalty on a guy tackling the quarterback, but it just gets to situational spatial awareness of what you got to do to get that extra half yard and move the sticks, regardless of the penalty that followed. That was one play that just continues to stick out in my mind is how do you not get that extra half yard 
to know that's where you got to go to get the first down. You know, I, and I, I, Nebraska, it, it, for 20 years now, it troubles me that you cannot pick up five yards, A, on one down, let alone two, you know. And when it's first and, or second down and five or third down and three and you're not getting first downs, that, that just, I, I don't under, I've not understood that since the late 1990s. Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Bill, one of my keys for Scott Frost keeping his job this year was to eliminate embarrassing losses. And when I look at that game on a national stage, the first college football game of the year, uh, Nebraska is making mistakes that 95% of teams in college football aren't making. Uh, so where do you rate the embarrassment of this? I, I mean, uh, I don't want to overreact, uh, but in year four, it, it was just looking at social media, I, I feel like I had to hang my head in shame being uh, someone who, who has been supporting this program for 22 years of my life now um, because uh, I don't want to call Nebraska the laughing stock of college football right now, um, but it just seems like everything is going wrong for this Nebraska team when you look at how other teams in, uh, in college football play football and, and handle things off the field. Uh, in Nebraska, to me, does about 95% of the things right in a game to win to win the game, you know, for the most part. I'm not going to say it's 100%, I'm not, but I'm not going to say it's, you know, it, it's a flunking effort, but there are those 5%, 5% of the time you find stuff in a, in, a, in a game now that just is mystifying. And, I mean, think about it. A safety on a punt return. I mean, it just kind of, it, it, it's mystifying that that is, that is, that you did that. Uh, and not being able to hold on to the ball and giving up a, a, a fumble return for the touchdown. Those kind are 30 yards and penalties on one play when you hit the quarterback, which last I checked was legal. I know, you drove him into the ground. It, it, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So there's that, there are those 5% of the plays in a game where Nebraska loses track of the attention to detail, and that was the thing. You know, back before you were born, my friend, when if there was one thing that you knew Nebraska football was going to do, it was going to make sure that they paid attention to detail, and that you would not have games where Nebraska beat themselves. Uh, you know, the, the Arizona State game in '96, yeah, that was ugly. The uh, uh, the the Big Twelve championship game, I think in '96 as well, yeah, that was ugly and some mistakes and whatnot. But for the most part, you would never look at it and go, they did not adhere to the attention to detail and therefore the only reason they got beat is they got out executed which is you know um that happens but this just the bizarre ways of losing games now the one thing they did not do is let that punter run around the field for 48 yards to pick up first down and fourth down to 14 he still beat him in other ways you know with that punt that took the right turn that goes out of bounds inside the uh inside the one yard line but nevertheless, I, the attention to detail, either, that's on the coaches, but that also has to be on the players that you absolutely 100% adhere to your assignment. And it, it goes back to the, you know, the old meme that those who are running liners and they come up short are always going to come up short, but those who always run to the line will cross the line. And I think sometimes Nebraska maybe doesn't quite get to the line. They try to you know, shortchange themselves. Bill Dolman's with us, a Monday sermon, Hale Varsity Radio. So, Bill, a couple minutes here. How, how does this team, more so not the how, but the why, can, can you explain the why as far as, and that's the big thing, right, for 18 to 22-year-olds, they want to know why. My 14-year-old wants to know why. 
And and you know we we got to say here's why. Why is it? Why is a team that's got a lot of a lot of years under their belt continually make undisciplined plays? Why? Why? I know that's a billion dollar question, but why is it? Why is it? Why is it continuing to to cost Nebraska games? And this head coach who's now five and thirteen in one possession games. I, you know, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what practices look like these days, but I've talked many times about how, you know, I used to be able to go and, and watch games and, and watch guys get 70 to 100 reps in a practice until it was instilled in you that you, you just you couldn't make a mistake because you were, everything was so repetitive. Um, but, you know, the why now has to be within themselves. And I know people are worried about whether or not the game is, is, is sold out. And I'm sure probably we will be sold out, but not be well attended in, in our, you know, to what we're used to, you know, there, there will be seats that are sold, but they will be empty on Saturday. I don't think there's any question about that, but those players have to go out there and go, why am I doing this? And they're still going to see 80,000 plus people who believe in, you know, believe in Nebraska and if if they don't internalize that and say we we are 12 and 21 in the last 4 years and we are 0 and 1 this year and as you said one possession games i mean 18 one possession games i mean it's not like they're getting blown out they're 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 close which we shouldn't be close at nebraska we should, it should be the other way around but those guys got to go on the field on on saturday and go oh my god there are still 80,000 people who have showed up to watch us play Vin Scully U, I know it's a rivalry game, so they're going to be there anyway. But those players got to say, my why is because of them, you know, because they still believe in this whole thing, whether they understand whether they were born when everything was great or not. You know, these people are still there for them, and they've got to play for them, and they've got to have attention to detail for them and not worry about getting the game over so they can go back to their Xbox or whatever it is they do these days. Bill Dolman's with us. Brad Fairberry, thank you for this Monday sermon, my friend. Great to spat, to chat with you. We'll uh, we'll hear you on Friday. And the good news is, uh, we got your mom's TV to work. That is good. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> New batteries. Bill, thanks again, brother. Go big red. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. just an interesting game because about half of our game plan was kind of out the window uh, when they came up and lined up the way they did so uh, we really had to, to scramble and uh, go to alternative plan and uh, try to adjust and did some good things but not enough Scott Frost there that is the quote making its way around the state of Nebraska It's the quote that national media members and former players are reacting to. How do you feel as a Nebraska fan when you hear that? Numbers to get in today. Some open phone time. We'll hear from Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride in 20 minutes. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. We know the why. We know why the run game was struggling. We know why the run game was not leaned on. He got behind. He got behind by, by three touchdowns. I do give the team credit for battling back. They had a chance to put a drive together to, to, to maybe tie it, but that was a little rough. Uh, Oliver Martin is money. Uh, I liked that. Uh, I think 
Nebraska defensively really kind of showed up and showed out, specifically with the with the pass rush early. But Illinois made some adjustments, right? And when it comes to the TFLs and sacks, that that was not there uh, second quarter on. I mean, Illinois figured it out and fixed it. Oh, they, they they made adjustments. Yeah, right. And that's that's the biggest thing. And you know the. The, the discussion standpoint, and you hear enough people, and you talk to enough people, and there's enough feedback. I mean, that is the pet peeve. That is the complaint. That is the question mark about Scott Frost. It's a question mark about his staff. Uh, are they experienced? Have they coached in, in Power 5 ball before? And, and some have. I mean, Coach Chenander's been, yeah, he was at Northern Iowa. Yeah, he played at Iowa, but he also was in the NFL, and, and Coach Chenander also did some good things, obviously, at Oregon. So, again, this isn't a defensive problem. Were they perfect? No. They were good. They were damn good enough to win on Saturday. But I, I just don't – I just can't, for the life of me, figure out how you can't put together a game plan offensively no matter what you're facing. And, and the, the reality is he's just grasping for straws right now and to the play calling he was the the play caller and you you heard the the comment in the four o'clock segment about frost saying well it's a collaboration but he was calling the plays brother i've seen enough where it's time to let lubick and in in austin put their heads together here with this run game coordination please Okay, you, you you've killed it as a play caller at oregon you did great at it at central florida and, and Lubick's been a, a power five guy at Washington and in, and in Oregon, a couple of teams that went to the college football playoff. So delegate, delegate and let your main job being the detail thing, whether that's a strength of yours or not, shift because the game plan turned into backyard football and you couldn't protect your quarterback. And he is a shadow, bless his heart, Adrian Martinez, of what he was as a freshman. And the guys are at his feet all the time. And he's seeing ghosts where he is afraid to hang in the pocket and he'll he'll take off. We'll get to the phones in a minute. Hang on the line for me, Ryan. Or he does try and sit and go through his progressions Either no one's open or he's not throwing it to the open man. He's trying to go for something bigger. And, and it, it, and it, it just, it, it's one blow up after another, Elijah. And I wonder Didn't if there's... It doesn't have to be that way Saturday. I wonder if there's something up with Adrian Stahl. I remember his, his throwing arm was in a sling walking around campus a few years ago. And he doesn't have yeah, the same... surgery. He doesn't have the same zip on his football that he had. He, he can barely throw the ball left. I mean, he underthrew Marquis Step on a wheel route that should have been a touchdown. He overthrew Wyatt Lever on another ball that should have been a touchdown. He underthrew Oliver Martin on the final drive. It just felt like whenever he tries to throw the ball left, he cannot hit his target accurately. He missed on swing passes left last year, and thank God I didn't think I saw a single swing pass on Saturday. But it just does not feel he can deliver the ball with accuracy when he's throwing the ball to his left. Well, and you hit, and don't forget, the kid, bless his heart, had torn labrum and didn't play his senior year. Mm-hmm. So you've already got damaged right throwing shoulder. Ryan, thanks for hanging. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, you know, usually I keep my mouth shut, but, you know, I've been listening to you guys for eight months now. 
And, you know, I've, I'm a fan just like your associate here who's grown up seeing this program, and we were really looking forward to this. You know, we were looking forward to, are we going to see Jacquees Yant? Are we going to see our tight end play? Are we going to see, you know, Traore beating out people from touchdowns? And it's just so disappointing, and that's why I called in today. Um, and I think there's a lot of different reasons for that. One, one of the reasons is that I think that the coach that we hired, uh, you know, comes from the um, – you know, the athletic conference or whatever conference UCF played in. Yeah, before then it was the Pac-12. And I think what he's doing is he's trying to create a, a team like that. You know, one of these um, non, you know, um, what do you call it, the G5 conferences or whatever. Uh, Power 5, excuse me. Um, and so, you know, when you go into the game like that, you know, you're playing a team like Illinois. I watched their last year's game and, their attitude, they were all over us. They were hollering at us. They were yelling at us. They were demeaning us. And that was last year. And, you know, we should have gotten ready for that. We should have been into a more of a mental mind frame to handle this. And I think it starts with coaching. It's just a shame that, you know, we could have ran the I formation the whole game yesterday and we would have had a better outcome than what we would have had today. And there's a lot that goes into it, but I'm really starting to question our coaching decisions with how we're practicing, um, what we're finding acceptable. Because when you see Adrian Martinez thrown off of his back foot for half the game, you start to question the quarterback coaches. And all during spring training when you're trying to, you know, look at these players practicing and they're just blaring rap music and stuff over the, you know, practice field. And today I've heard they canceled doing that to focus more on their stuff. It's like this is just the little things. Or, you know, maybe when you try to – when you're in a Power 5 conference and you try to go for excellence because – that's the real reason why our players come here. They come here to be excellent. And honestly, as much as I hate to say it, I don't think you do that by getting on a podcast every week with your friends like Adrian has. And I know that's a deep, you know, it's a rough thing to say, saying that these are kids, they're going to be kids and stuff like that. But, you know, you're right. There's 85, 90,000 people that you're playing for. And, you know, uh, we were looking forward to our game. We've been looking forward to it for eight months. And the second two, two run plays don't work, we're playing Hail Mary backyard football. And, um, it's maturity, you know, it's maturity, it's patience, it's, it's being through the wars, it's, it's experience, and it's, exactly. it's Big Ten experience. Ryan, thanks for listening, man. Appreciate your phone call. All right, take care. Yeah, and there's some points there to, uh, to what Ryan said. And, like, rap music, no rap music, music, whatever. Don't care. Be better. You can play music. You can go silent, whatever. I, mean, I, I wouldn't saw why they lost. I went and saw Bo Pelini practices back in the day because his son was on my team. They had rap music going the whole practice. Yeah. Didn't matter. They still executed. Well, it comes down to it. it comes down to execution. It comes down to trust. Do you trust what your 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 coordinators and coaches are feeding you? Are they gonna get you ready to win? I took a monster hit on Saturday. It can be changed it can get better but it's really tough pill to swallow coach mcbride's on the way and now and now back to hail varsity radio well i hope nobody lost excitement after saturday um this team has a chance to be really good i think this team's gonna approve a lot to a lot of people um you know, if, if there's still some tickets out there, buy them up and come watch this team. There's a special group of kids with a lot of character, uh, a lot of talent. Um, we can't wait to play in front of the fans, so um, we need you there. 
Scott Frost uh, a little bit uh, earlier today with the with the press conference and uh, saying his thoughts to the fans. Don't disagree with with his take that it's a special group of kids and they got a lot of heart. They put the work in, and I think they'll be fine. I mean, all the mistakes they made are fixable. The, well, the only problem well, is is that it's been four years and they're still not fixed. That's that's just that's a thousand percent it. Is it fixable? They they've made improvements in these mistakes as years go on. I mean, past how three. many? How but, many but the problem is, is every single year, week one, it's the same mistakes. Kickoffs went to the end zone at least, right? So next year, that means there won't be any punts being fielded inside the five, allegedly. <laughs> one one a year. That's <laughs> right. You just you're gonna you're gonna make the the baby step here, but man, missed extra points, fielding a punt for a safety, third and seven, pile driver with taunting. And then lack of lack of faith in your run game. Lack of faith in your run game. And you turn into helter-skelter pass-first mode with a quarterback who may be just limited physically. And I, I don't disagree with, with uh, what... What you might be putting down there, Elijah? I mean, they they, they said last week when when you look at the running game, they said they were gonna have a couple guys get some carries and see who would get hot, and, and that's the guy that they would roll with. They didn't give anybody a chance to get hot. Well, they they either said no one's gonna get hot today because our own line's getting worked, or this is the best chance to to put us in a winning position, and and it and it clearly was not and I don't even think they rolled with their best guy the guy who I thought I was most impressed with in the first half was Marquis Step. he was the only guy who really seemed to try to to do what they were saying to do with downhill running uh get north and south as opposed I to liked Irvin's Irvin had the it was one run but it got him away from the one yard line on a second and seven or whatever and he had the vision to bounce it outside and he picked up 11 and they got a first down before another 20 yard kick right that's the other thing can can you troll for a kicker? And I Cherney is a is a good dude, and he was with us when he committed. I know he's from Australia. Some nerves, but you look at at Illinois kicker Hayes Hazy. That guy was just bombing him perfectly. And field position matters against Brett Bielema in Illinois. And Nebraska was screwed from the get go out of field position, and then special teams. And it wasted an incredible. You're a team. You win and you lose as a team, but my God, you just you just wasted one that you kind of had to have. And now you got a week of uh, this team is not something I'm interested in, and you have a week of I'm not going, and it's just negative. And I'm not trying to stir that meth lab at all. I'm just looking at what I saw, and I'm still amazed. And we took to the roadie show on the road and set up and I mean it, it wasn't as, as juicy as past road trips because of A, who they were playing but B, just the excitement level. We're on the road Friday. We were at the single barrel back inside the graduate. We went to you to come on down see us get a big old thick steak four to six road show Friday at the single barrel.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome in Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Recapping, rehashing the season opening loss to the Illini, 30-22. Ty Robinson, black shirt defensive lineman, joining us in about 25 minutes. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. Coach, if you had to go TV shopping, I ask that because maybe you broke yours this weekend. How are you? <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't break it. I, I just, uh, you know, I, I think it was, it was uh, really uh, to me. You know, when it was over, there was nothing you could say. But you, I was disappointed. I, I really, you know, I felt sorry for that. I and I usually don't feel that way, but I kind of felt sorry for the players. I, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, I think their hearts in the right place, and you know, it's just some things that I think need to be done on the other end. I think some of the, I think it, you know, if you if if you're not going to have contact and you're not going to and you're trying to save yourself from getting hurt. You know, I listen to coach. We're done hitting because we're we don't want to get anybody hurt and all that stuff. Um, I I don't I don't I can use some language that would be very inappropriate, <laughs> but that's a bunch of crap. Uh-huh. Okay, sure. and um, they need to start banging around each other. If they're worried about that. They got nothing to lose by, you know, by, you know, I mean, we scrimmaged on Wednesday and had goal line live and practice our, you know, and uh, all of our practices and teamworks were, you know, were pretty tough. Uh, They were, you know, there was, you take care of each other. Don't do something stupid. You don't cut anybody. Don't throw the backs down, don't do that, but try to get the ball out of there and do all the things that scout team does all the things they have to do. They can't stand around. I watched for a couple of years and he's thinking, uh, you know, I even told one of the head coaches, I said, you aren't going to let the secondary not even just stand there. And that's what he was doing. And I mean, I couldn't believe it. And they played that way. You know, I mean, you have to get game speed during the week. It's simple as that. Okay? Scout teams do not give you a true look. They'll run the plays. They'll do the things as best they can. But you have to somewhat during the week. You can't just play speed ball, half ball, you know. You've got to get some game speed during the week and, you know, playing ones against twos and twos against one for 12, 18 plays, uh, you know, on Wednesdays or something like that, and threes and threes and stuff like that at another place. And I think that sometimes coaches are afraid to split themselves up. But you have to have confidence in guys that are, you know, on the offense. You don't have to coach. You don't want to coach the kids too much when they're when you're playing the scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You want to do it with the film. You coach them when you get the film. That's when the heck you do all your coaching. 
And that way you could, you know, for example, uh, you take Scott at one end if you do it on offense and and the, and the coordinator at the other end when they're doing that and, and side by sides, the same things, you know, but you got four stations going. If you have 150 guys out there and two teamworks, one on defense and one on offense, you got a hundred guys standing around doing nothing. Coach, I need to ask you about what Coach Frost was talking about today and half of the game plan getting thrown out because of Wisconsin coming with something they weren't expecting. Wisconsin played an even front. Illinois. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Maybe I need to to take a deep breath. I was thinking Bielema and Wisconsin. Illinois playing an even front instead of an odd front. That really screwed up Nebraska. Coach Frost talked about it a lot. What... How could that happen? Explain to me. Please explain to me how. You don't have – that's why I said the week before, I said you don't have a clue what they're doing. That's where you're at a disadvantage. I mean, you're at a tremendous disadvantage when you don't know. I mean, he has coaches that are new coaches and his staff, and I don't know whether he brought all the exact same guys. He did. But these guys, they change their defense. That's simple as that. And they figured that's what's going to happen, and – they probably played a little bit more what Illinois played before. Okay. You know, in other words, instead of doing what they did, they because of the players, mm-hmm. not because of their, what they did, but because the players, they didn't want to all of a sudden do what a lot of people do. Like if you go from a 4-3 to an odd front, you know, you pretty much have to develop a nose and you have to do mm-hmm. some things with your two two defensive ends and that are different than playing an even front. And and the same thing goes on offense. I mean, you can you can kind of, what do these guys do? Maybe the last team we had a different type of quarterback and we did different things. So you don't know what they're prepared for, and that's a huge, huge advantage. Now, you if you sit there and think about it, they have an offensive line, I think, that's probably got uh, – uh, if I'm not mistaken, I heard somebody say 400 starts. Mm-hmm. They do 400. Okay, and and <laughs> you got an experienced offensive line who what, they won't even be around next year. Most of them will be gone. You know, a lot of them came back. I think I don't know that, but but that's that's the fact. And and so anytime you play a team, and now they haven't played for you know for them before. I don't. I don't know if this is their first game or whatever it is, but they may come up with a new defensive coordinator and a new offensive coordinator. Who knows what they're doing? And if if they are, then you got a whole new can of worms. The same thing going on this week. You know that you're going to see a bunch of different stuff that you probably didn't even use in practice. We've run into that kind of stuff a lot. How'd you overcome you know, it? How'd you overcome it? Better players. Okay. Didn't make mistakes. <laughs> we just, had, we, uh, uh, you know, I mean, they, they can solve their problems. They've got it. They've got to get this. They've got to get their special teams squared away. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no question about that. If, you know, I think I and and they've got to they've got to get the the offensive linemen have got to be a bunch of defensive linemen with poise. They got to be a bunch of animals, and and they can't screw around. 
uh, you know, and, and the thing is, is I think there's a lot of rotation. There's a lot of in and outs with a lot of players. And sometimes what happens is, is you get, you, you get in a rhythm as a player. If you're in there and all of a sudden you're jerked out of there. And so I think a lot of guys are going to have to be, in other words, be told, hey, look at you're, this guy's going to get three series or four and you're going to get one. And and stuff like that. They've got to get down where they're playing their best players, and all giving them giving them a break with the with the next best players. And they're and some of those threes and fours, they're, they're, they may not get hardly any snaps. And if that makes them feel bad, then they better start working in the off season. They better get in the weight room. They better start competing. Mm-hmm. You know you can't. You can't satisfy everybody, and you got with 150 guys out there. You got a lot of people to satisfy, and if that's what you're worried about, then you got a problem. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio. Thoughts on the Illinois loss from Coach McBride, Coach? I mean, it it happens where you get out schemed, you get out coached, and you just said you, we had better players, and that's how you overcame it, but. To me, it just didn't look like the adjustments happened quick enough. And I mean, I don't have the eyes you have for for this. So, but so I'll do respect. But I'm I'm wondering if you're a player and you're trusting your coach, your offensive line coach, your your head coach, who's the offensive coordinator, to put you in in position to succeed, and, and they don't have an answer for you, then what? I mean that 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 can't happen. Well, that. That's that's why you say the quarterback he, he he was confused, right? They they had something going in the second. He didn't know who to read. He didn't know, and and that's where you have to make your adjustments in the press box. Those guys upstairs, they have to know what the heck's going on. I mean, they got to know this coverage. Oh, they, last year they were in a three man front or a, a three deep look mm-hmm. and so on, or they were playing a lot of too deep zone and rotating or whatever they were doing and now this year they're doing something else okay that's what they have to recognize right away and then and then from that point on then you have then you go to the quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator and you start running the pass patterns that go against that type of that type mm-hmm. of a front and and give them some uh, some Pointers. I I don't think you can take a new coach and a new staff and everybody and you have the short period of time that you have in spring ball to put in a whole bunch of coverages. And they got a lot of experienced players, and that's 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 where it was. I mean, it was it was it was a lot of experienced guys against a lot of young young players, and, and there's no excuse for it. But when you say you got a left tackle who has been hurt, who is all of a sudden he's the left tackle against, you know, against some guys. And the first thing with an offensive lineman, you tell him you don't get beat inside. Don't get beat inside. I don't care if the guy runs around, but don't get beat inside because that's the direct line of the quarterback. And sure enough, got beat inside two or three times. And I think maybe one or two, two of them might have been sacks. And and that those you know then all of a sudden you're looking at your quarterback what what's going on you know what's he doing what's the matter with him well <laughs> you know 
it's it's a matter of experience. It's a matter of you know you take your your best player, and you probably ought to be your best lineman. Probably ought to be your left tackle. Now he may only be five foot ten. I don't care who he is, but if he's your best player, then you got to play him at at the position that that you know he can do the best job for you at. And, you know, you can say, well, he, this guy looks good. He looks like a left tackle or he moves his feet like a left tackle. But at this time, he's not ready to play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in high school, they can be great four-star, five-star. That doesn't mean a thing. It's easier It's easier for a team to break itself down than it is to build themselves up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to quit. It's easy to do a lot of things easier than and try, work harder, do better, work harder, think about it, focus, focus more on a lot of that stuff. And and if, if they're not going to do it, that's see you later. I mean, you have to you have to let them know that you aren't going to be you aren't going to be playing much, partner, unless you get your feet moving and you start doing it. And it, it, it's not a it's not a beauty contest, okay? You know, you, you got to play. And, and if you're sitting there worried about if you're going to hurt somebody's feelings, okay, then then you got a problem as a coach. And they got to understand that they, you're not out there trying to embarrass them or anything else. You're out there to make them better and to make get, give us a winning team, and not let the other players down because you're making mistakes. Charlie, I'm with you 100%. Uh, I really think the offensive line hanged, hung Adrian out to dry. Uh, they hung the running game out to dry. Uh, the offensive line looked like they were struggling in that game. But I want to move to the defensive side of the ball briefly. Um, we got about two minutes left here. Nebraska's defense wreaked some havoc in the first quarter. Uh, multiple tackles for yeah. loss. I think it was four sacks. But then they, they seemed to fall off as the game went on, despite Nebraska talking about how much depth they had on the defensive side of the ball this year. Did you see a defense that was getting tired, or what happened there? Well, they got some stuff off on the off tackle thing. I need to get some couple of run stunts in there, and and they can shut some of that stuff down on the outside pretty fast. I mean, with a couple of knockouts in the backfield with you know some some things they can they they know the stunts that it, it takes, and and you know you have you have good athletes. They, they I was I was pretty impressed with it. And I, you know I wasn't the defense. I thought is you know has a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys keep working together. They got a chance. But if you start playing four guys in one position and bringing guys in and out, and the best players are standing on the sideline, not playing all the time or doing stuff like that, they've got to keep those guys. They, they got to keep your best players in the game. I rotated the guys. I had two deep, and I and I felt like at one time I could rotate every two series. That's that's the way it was. But it wasn't. Three deep or rotating in there. Now, if the game got out of hand, now the threes can start you coming in and start playing. But you've got to play your best players. You can't be, you know, running a popularity contest or any of that stuff. And I, I see so many guys go in there. I mean, you know, it, it, a running back is, is a good example of a guy that needs to get the feel of the game. Mm hmm. You play him a series and put the next guy in the next series and then bring him back out and bring it. They don't get a feel of the game. The blocking, like you said, they changed their defense. So the blocking scheme is different what they saw in practice. And so if they're out of the game, if they're in the games, pretty soon that play, 
those kids learn how to block it, then the blocking scheme makes it easier for him to realize. But, you know, it's it's really hard for a back to just keep going, bouncing around, you know, playing three plays, four plays. and You know, that's like you see a quarterback gets all upset when he gets, you know, he's the quarterback and they take him out of the game in the middle of, and it'd be like taking your quarterback after three series and saying, okay, we're going to play this other guy and we're doing well. And you take him out of the game? No. <laughs> Charlie McBride's with us. If he needs a break, give him a break. Coach, we'll uh, hopefully be talking about a win next Monday or next Tuesday, rather. How's that sound? Well, we get, they'll get better. I mean, they have to. I they can't. They got the players to get better. Okay. It goes to the other end of the show. Okay. I get you. Players are there, and it, but it but it takes two to tango. <laughs> I, I get you a thousand percent, Coach. Thanks so much for the for the time today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Talk to you later. See you, Coach. Bye now. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, a Monday with Charlie. That's posted on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter feed and the on-demand ESPNLincoln.com, part of the full podcast with Hail Varsity Radio. Give us a rating, uh, good, bad, ugly. Uh, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Ty Robinson here at about 15 minutes. Phones are open now and uh, right towards the end of six. If you want to sound off on what you saw and uh, how you coped with uh, another Saturday loss, a game that Nebraska should have had, 466-377-6800-825-5865. So let's get into the consistency has to matter from Coach Frost. I agree with him. Guys can't be so-so in practice because theoretically you're going to play how you practice. The guys know the playbook. Are guys trustworthy uh, when it comes to uh, what they know? And how they're going to be used. Now there's the other side of that coin. And case in point, let's go to, uh, to the Illini for just, for just a hot minute before we get to the full phone lines here. Illinois went downtown with good old Art. Sitkowski. Span is a converted defensive back. He's been on the offense for four days. They said, Span, you're tall, bro. <laughs> you can run. Why don't you run a go route? You may not practice that well. You may be new to the offense. We've got a package for you. You got to use the talent. You need to see more Omar Manning. Two catches, 28 yards, beat the hell out of people with a stiff arm. Is Omar a great practice player? Don't know. Has he been a handful trying to get ready? Probably. But you put him in, you got to use him in bets. I, I, I appreciate Levi and and the other cats that get out there and block and, and, and show consistency. 
But when push comes to shove, you got to have packages ready for guys with what they can help the team do well and win with. And we talked to, to Coach Kaz about this probably month, month and a half ago, and he said you're the one making the big bucks as the coach to be able to get that guy ready and get him on the field. You're the one making $5 million a year, not him. It's not on your player. I mean, the player has to put in work, but if a player is struggling to, to get – a concept down in the playbook. They're struggling to be practicing right. It's on you to go put in the extra work to get that guy ready. Because it's proper they, motivation. Well, if you, you can't, and, and you can't be not, leaving your best athletes on the sideline. By not playing is is proper motivation. Unfortunately, you're in a day and age where kids will say, "Screw it, I'm out of here," which which sucks. This this isn't Nebraska in the 1990s where you have the talent that if a guy has the wrong attitude, you can sit him on the bench and you have good enough players behind him. You got to find a way to get your best players on the field. It's a delicate juggling act. Uh, John, thanks for calling in. We'll get to who else is on the line. Uh, Pete is also on the line with us. We'll get to Pete in a minute. John, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Hi, guys. Hey, I spent about 20 years coaching high school football, mostly from the defensive side of things. And so when when we would put when we would put um, you know the film on, we'd always talk about all right, what what is this offense? How, How do they scare us? How do they stress us? And so there are many. There's a handful of things. Power, power running game stresses you. Misdirection stresses you. Option football makes you, uh, may, you know, assign assignment, assignment, right? Flip. Assignment, assignment football. Um, a, a, a designed quarterback run stresses the defense because you're a hat short unless you account for them. Um, vertical passing games uh, stress a defense because. It brings you off the line of scrimmage and makes you cover the whole field. My frustration and is our, our offense does none of those things. A defense, we're going to see this is going to be rinse and repeat for defensive uh, scouting reports and game plans. Until we find the players and the schemes to stress defenses, forget about it, man. Forget about it. They they have some ball players to stress a defense. The quarterback can stress a defense, uh, even on a broken play. I mean, to give Adrian credit, you had a seventy-five yard touchdown run, but you're going to feast or famine I mean, the, the, because you don't have protection. And oops, there's a strip sack, and it's a house call. I mean, the main play that seemed to stress out the defense was a crossing route where they used the referee as a pick. That seemed to be the only thing that could get a, a guy consistently open. And they missed a lot of those. There mm-hmm. were some some yeah, some scissor that, scissor routes that were open, and you didn't you didn't hit the and guy. Those, those are man beater routes. I get what they were trying to do, but that doesn't stress you. I mean, that's like okay, route to the ball, tackle the guy, mm-hmm. they yeah. get eight yards. Okay, but I'm talking about by the end of the game, what. What are, what are you hanging your hat on? I, I just they don't know, man. They they had, they had no they, they had no clue, John. They had no, no clue, clue, man. No clue where to go, what to call, because of this 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 steel curtain they were facing. This 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 even yeah. front. This even front uh, on Saturday. Which, uh, which, by the way, Schmitty, every high school coach in Nebraska works on odd and odd and even calls. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm sorry, but that's a bunch of baloney. Uh, Milt, Timba, Milt and Dan Young are rolling in their graves today. John, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you. Yep. 466-377-6800-825-5865. A line open. 
Pete dropped. It's all right, Pete. We'll take emails. Chris at AleVarsity.com can also tweet at us at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. Yeah, it, it was just not a good good comment. Let's hear from, from Turner Corcoran as to running the football. And he's the well, he's probably the chairman of the run the damn ball crowd. And I love it when Nebraska runs the football, but they were just not confident in doing so. And I, I mean, the offensive line was not getting push, but neither was Illinois. You saw Bielema stick with it, and you saw Nebraska go away from it because I mean, they, they, they panicked. They I, were I, patient. Saw, I saw Illinois running backs that made the best of their offensive line not opening up big holes, and I did not see Nebraska running backs making the best of their offensive line. I mean, I saw – how many times did I see a running back just run straight into the arms of a defender or straight into the backs of their offensive linemen? I saw Ramir Johnson do it on that eight-minute touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. I saw Gabe Irvin do it on the first handoff. Uh, it, it where just, was Morrison? Where was Savion Morrison? Yeah, I mean, that's what we talked about on Friday. We mentioned the fact that Illinois had experienced running backs coming back, and I think it showed in the game on Saturday, whereas uh, – It was it, a three-back three rotation and just keep hammering. And – they didn't have running backs getting tired, and as the game wore on, their running game wore on Nebraska, and Nebraska's running game did not wear on Illinois. And it was a choice, and it was trust, and it was what do you believe? And I think I think from the get-go, Nebraska's abandoned their running game because of either lack of trust or it's not sexy enough. Maybe it's an aesthetics thing. Well, look, I, look. I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't have that answer as to why you don't just hang in there and keep slamming away. I mean, look how Illinois started the game running the ball. Multiple tackles for losses. But like the running game didn't even get off the ground in the first quarter, but they stuck with it. And by the third and fourth quarter, they were gashing us. Well, and you had that cumulative effect of being on the field. And that being on the field defensively, where maybe you get off the field, maybe you get a stop, but it's, it's some, some more body blows tacked on. As uh, we'll check in with Pete. Pete's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Pete, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing? We're good. What do you know? Oh, same old, same old, ain't it? That's what it looks like, man. I don't understand. After three years going into the fourth year, if you still have the same mental mistakes, you still have a poor offense, you still have the same special teams, wouldn't you change something in practice? Because wouldn't you do something different if you do the same thing and just tell us how good you are and it and it doesn't show up on the field? Pretty soon people don't believe you. And I don't believe what he says. How's the players going to believe in the coaches? That's what I'm wondering if it's starting to seep in or it's it's been there and it got reactivated after Saturday's performance. Pete, thanks for your phone call. Appreciate you listening. You you got to be right. You got to have proof of concept as a coach with what you want to do and where you want to go on offense. They've recruited some damn talent, man. Betts and Omar and Lever and Allen. They have got a lot of toys on offense. And they've got offensive linemen that are big, tough, physical dudes. And... I'm sorry, but if you can run downhill like you did on Rutgers a year ago, you can run downhill on the worst defense in the Big Ten named Illinois. They didn't look like the worst defense. They found a way. They believed. But there was direction. And what Coach said will work 
and what Coach did to get them ready in the five weeks leading up to week zero worked for Illinois and Brad Bielema. And then Nebraska also pitched in their fair share of special teams, penalties, and turnovers for the dirty trifecta. Hey, they're 1-0. and They're probably still partying. Well, sort of. Not many people in Champagne cared, <laughs> cared enough to sweat one out with the pig farmer. But, no, I mean, you just have disgusted Nebraska fans and a lot of questions, a lot of honest questions by people who love their football and absolutely want to see their uh, prodigal son succeed. And, and that's, again, that conversation. I mean, it, it shifts from what the hell happened, same song, next verse, or bad movie, as Coach talked about on Saturday, to, all right, what's his buyout? How long is he here? And is the sellout streak dead? That's that's the, that's like the next wave. I mean, I, I'm not ready to give up on this coaching staff and give up on this season wholesale. One game is, is too small too samples, but you the, got the, the warning other signs games. are there. The warning signs are there, and when it's the same stuff that's been killing you the past three seasons, and you can't get it fixed by year four, the warning signs are there. Now, I'm, I'll give him leeway. I think Scott Frost should get until the end of the season here. Uh, but it comes down to how do you respond to this this first game? And, yeah, you came in with a bad game plan. I didn't like how they responded and tried to fix their game plan. Uh, but now you got 11 games to, to prove the fans wrong because right now the fans are fed up. You, you've got to have a game plan or another game plan to get your kids ready. And it wasn't. We'll take more of your calls. Ty Robinson shortly on Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Ty Robinson's with us here. Hale Varsity Radio is Ty. A uh, chance to bounce back this week against Fordham. Uh, give me a thought here on, on your performance. What were you happy with Saturday individually? You know, there's a lot of things I need to correct after watching the film. Uh, some good things. I mean, I've grown. I've been able to take on the double teams a lot better. Um, one thing I need to work on is I kind of had my eyes in the backfield, really got to work on defeating the man on in front of me. But, I mean, other than that, I, th- I feel like my effort, my, my cardio, I was really in shape for the game. I didn't really need to come out because I was tired. So um, got the first game out of the way, so now we're just going to get better every week. Ty, take me through that here, just what it's like and what game reps and speed and and, and being in game shape. You guys can run stairs, you can do cardio, you can do all the weight training, but when it comes to getting off the field, either a three and out or or getting a stop as a a team's driving on you, you know, that that mental and physical combination you got to have to to go multiple snaps. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm always looking for a three and out because I don't want to be out there for too long, but being out there for however long, seven, eight plays is a lot different from working out in the summer. I mean, when I first hit fall camp, I really noticed that... uh, uh, that football shape is a lot different. I mean, I was I was cruising in our in our strides, you know, I was cruising in our conditioning. But once fall camp hit, I mean, football football conditioning is a lot different. So, uh, especially when it came to first game, I mean, that speed it kind of took me a bit to kind of get used to again because I mean, it's not the same as it is in practice against the scouts. So, um, going against these guys that are fresh as well, and I mean, their starters are good. I mean, there's a reason they're starting. So, um, really, really kind of put me back in back into perspective that i mean we got to get going again so ty give me a a thought here uh you know what's next for uh the squad 
You're a guy that's seen a lot of football, but you're also a guy that, that brings it every day in practice. So there's there's respect that, that you've been able to earn. What what's what was the message from from the coaches to to the team after a tough ball game, a game that was really kind of built up, hyped up, and the the general consensus has been. It's just one game, bounce back, but it was still one that, that you guys are frustrated about. Yeah, I mean, after last year, I really wanted this one. Uh, they came in here and kind of put a whooping on us. So kind of the message I got after the game was, I mean, we can't beat ourselves. We really put ourselves in bad positions, and we're really playing two against one, ourselves and Illinois against us. <laughs> so we really just got to really fix the mistakes, the crucial little ones. I mean, the details matter. So uh, going forward with that, we really got to hone in and be really detailed and focused on on our next game plan. When it comes to to that focus and detail, you, you want to have awareness, but you don't want it to slow down your play. Is that kind of the the crossroads some guys might be at, where maybe they're trying to do too much or they lose focus and there's a mistake? Uh, and I know it's not an offense versus defensive thing. You guys are, are teammates. Yep. But it just feels like um, there, there are instances where uh, just self-inflicted wounds can, can really take one side of the ball or the other out of rhythm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like you're focused maybe not enough or maybe you're focused too much and you kind of kind of lose the idea of what's going on sometimes. I mean, that was one thing for me last year. I really was focusing on way too much. I was trying to do my job and trying to predict the play and predict what my guy was going to do when I should just be playing football uh, I mean I there's a reason I practice and there's a reason my technique's gone a lot better just got to trust the technique and the training so I mean yeah I think when we focus in I think when we when I say we need to focus in more I'm really just mean like it just got to be quicker because I mean once you know what's going on the game slows down so much for you so uh being I think locked in just another level would really help us Ty, what would you think of the, the pass rush and, and the run defense overall, that, that front seven? I know you are got your hand in the dirt and you're messing with uh, the offensive linemen, but overall, nine tackles for loss for, for, the, for the defense, three sacks, and uh, what did you think of that, that pressure and that combination of, of knowing what Illinois wants to do, you know, run the football, but also uh, the fact you guys got after their quarterbacks quite a bit? Yeah, so uh, like I said, emphasis for me and my spring and my fall was really pass rush and I mean it seemed like it was for a lot of other guys too so I mean that showed on on Saturday against Illinois I mean getting back there I mean it's a lot better it's a lot more fun when you get back there instead of just being at the line of scrimmage and then they throw the ball for 30 yards and then you're like well crap now I gotta go run back now I gotta go run down there so I'm really happy I mean we're all really starting to work together and really like feel each other I mean I remember I had one. I had a long arm on, on the right guard, and, and Caleb came over the top and, I mean, just absolutely destroyed the tackle, and it pushed the quarterback down to, and right into Phil Darius's lab. And I mean, that's how it's supposed to work. So we're all working together for one of us to get the sack and get the pressure. For the run game, we know that nobody can run inside on us. Um, we're just too big, too strong in the middle. Uh, really, a lot of people really focus on the outside, those C-gaps. So that's one thing we got to work on and kind of be aware. And now I think we are. And, I mean, we know teams are going to try and do that too because, I mean, we, we showed it. We proved it that whenever someone's tried to run down the middle and run inside, then it doesn't really work out for them. What, what was Coach Chin Anders' takeaway as you guys kind of wrapped up, and we'll move on from Illinois here in a second, but what was his takeaway with you? Uh, you guys didn't allow many points, but, but yet 30 were on the board. What, what did he say to you guys? We played a good ball game. We played good defense, but, I mean, 
it's not good enough, you know. So just got to get better every week. And um, going into this next week, I really feel like a lot of guys are going to be a lot more focused, that locked in, that next level. So. Last thought here, Ty Robinson with us, Blackshirt Hale Varsity Radio. I want to go back to, to last week and saw the video that was put out. And uh, Jason Peter uh, was the, the, the Husker legend that gave you your Blackshirt. What's your relationship like with him, and what have you been able to take from him and, and, and vice versa? What What's that development been been like for, for both of you? Yeah, me, me and JP's relationship has really grown. I, I really view him as a really great mentor to me uh, coming in in spring ball and kind of – I think he was kind of trying to get a feel for the guys he kind of wanted to work with. And, you know, I'm kind of I'm honored that he wanted to choose me as a guy to work with. And really what I feel like his his message to me is more of the mentality part of it. You know, I'm, I'm big enough. I'm strong enough. I can I can do the job. But he's he's trying to push me to do the extra. The one more, the hold guys accountable, just be that dude in practice to, I don't know, just make plays and, and, and bring everyone together and kind of bring back that mentality of, of the, what the black shirts were back back when he played. So really, really happy that he came down. How's that going from a mentality standpoint, just kind of following you in, in high school and seeing you play at Nebraska? You've always had the ability and the drive, but from the vocal standpoint, is that something you've felt more comfortable uh, with, with, as you've progressed as a leader? Because some guys are great at chirping and some guys just want to kind of be quiet and play football. Have you felt better with where you've grown? Yeah, I'm a little bit of both. Uh, I, I kind of live by that. It's a respect thing, so I need to earn your respect before I can start chirping at you, before I start doing these things. So when I feel like I've done enough to, to earn that respect or gain that respect, I'm going to be quiet until I need to kind of chirp at you and kind of get you back in line. So I'm not going to be a guy that just does it just to do it. I'm a, If I'm going to say something, it's going to be for a reason. So. Last thought about the hairstyle. Uh, give me a little uh, rundown on on when you went uh, ultra short up top. <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, Friday. No, Thursday. It was Thursday after practice. We had to walk through in the in the indoor. And JP, I told JP that the only way I could was cutting my hair if he was going to cut it because he was wanting me to cut it for the longest time. So he brought his clippers down, and we went in the laundry room or the equipment room, and. I got a nice little buzz cut, and JoJo joined me. So, I mean, I, I like it, to be honest. It's a lot easier. It's a lot cooler now, uh, and I'm not sweating as much. So I really enjoy it. Do you have to tip him? Oh, no. No, no, no. He, 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 got, to, he got to enjoy taking off my hair. That was, that was enough. <laughs> Ty Robinson. Ty, nice to spend time with you. Thanks for uh, a few minutes here. Yep, thanks for having me. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Kids chiming in on email, Chris at HailVarsity.com. Still got about four minutes left to more your phone calls. Uh, good stuff from Ty Robinson. Enjoyed sitting down with big number 99. So Ted emails in, we need to fulfill the terms of the current coaching contracts. Nebraska is not a job worth having otherwise. So Ted's saying time and patience, patience and time. And it's not about the money. Ted's worried about the coaching community, knowing that there is patience enough to justify the risk of taking the job you got to wonder about the word on the street with the the nebraska football job between 
200 ADs and 47,000 head coaches here in the last 20 years. Totally get it, Ted. Well-made points. Chat a lot of Nebraska fans that are uber frustrated, uh, not just with a loss, but the, the way Nebraska loses. We spent so much time talking about that, Elijah, but it was the same thing. And it, I, you just wonder... You know what needs to be fixed. You just wonder if this is the staff to fix it. And it's a bit of a two-way street. A, the coaches need to prep the guys better. Didn't happen with the offensive game plan. Period. Okay? Inexcusable. You got to have a plan B. Insert joke wherever. Now, we talk about this this staff and, and the players getting the kids ready. Kids also can't be guys who've played a ton, ton of football. Can't be making mistakes. Got to be consequences. To, to, to respond to that email, I mean, the 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 issue is not that Scott Frost hasn't had the time to build it up here. I don't think any coach is going to look at that. You can look at the the product on the field and say, yeah, this the, from a natural ability you just heard standpoint. Coach McBride say that I got they they got ballers. They do, and I think you can see that Scott Frost had time to build that up. Um, and in four years, you should be able to cut those mistakes out. I mean, the problem is, is it's not like I'm expecting Nebraska to play a perfect football game, but I am expecting them to not make mistakes that no other Power 5 team in the country is making. They make mistakes, and it ends up costing them every one, not every, but five out of five, five out of 18 is it. Derek when Peterson, it comes to one, when it comes to, to one score ball games, they, they've lost 13. But before we get out of here, Derek Peterson wrote a great story on HaleVarsity.com about... He always does, about, um Just 5.5 yards per play. Teams who are above 5.5 yards per play on offense. Uh, and uh, it's, I think it was they win 75 or 80% of their games in Nebraska when they uh, score... Or when they have 5.5 yards <laughs> per play in a game mm-hmm. are sub-500, 8 and 12. Yeah, you give away... You have the, ta- you you have give the talent. A, you give away games. You have the talent. So, I mean... Scott Frost making $5 million a year. There's coaches that are willing to come here for $5 million a year. I'm going to just say that. There's talented coaches out there. I mean, Brett Bielema was on the uh, was on the coaching shortlist whenever he brought in Coach Frost. He's, he's at Illinois now. You think he wouldn't, wouldn't have come to Nebraska if Nebraska came calling four years ago? The pig farmer comes to cattle country. It works. Now, he wanted to get back in. And we'll see what he does the rest of the year. Reminder to buckle up. 70% of folks in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can and will reduce risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. U.S. defense in any crash buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Good show. Many thanks to you for tuning in. Get the podcast if you just caught part of it. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach Kaz, Jacob Padilla, Mitch Sherman tomorrow. Talk to you at 4.